Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we are constantly in the process of getting to the bottom of shit. The Nth Room case, as it has been dubbed, is distinctly a horrific case that has left the South Korean public in outrage and disgust. It's particularly sent huge shockwaves through the online community to this day. The case has been largely forgotten by mainstream South Korean media, as well as law enforcement going eerily quiet and offering no updates. This is a criminal case involving blackmail, cybersex trafficking, and the spread of sexually exploitative videos via a messaging app called Telegram. As there are no actual specific dates to when this all began, let's go back to 2018. This scheme was still in its infancy at the time. Moon Hanwook, known as Got Got, began targeting young women and girls using a lot of tried and tested methods online. He and one of his accomplices, An Song Jing, would send fraudulent SMS messages that would have a really generic message like, Your private pictures are leaked online. Check this site to see if it's really you. Now I know what you're thinking. Who would believe those messages? Why would you if you didn't even take a picture like that? It's this traditional mindset that does cause a lot of problems. It's not even about the photos because they know that they haven't taken any risky photos. Like in most traditional countries, when a woman is accused of something, it does tend to stick with her and follow her around. So they don't really want their reputation to be hurt by it, even if it isn't true. But it's what others think and that scares them the most. And this is also what drives the blackmailers. So most victims that click the link would be taken to a fake Twitter site. A lot of them would click the link straight away because they would be in such shock from the initial messages and wouldn't really stop to think. Once they logged into the false Twitter, Got Got and his accomplices would have access to all this private information about them, like their address, their phone number, and even information about their family. This would be used as a tool for blackmailing the victims further. Many of the victims would be coerced into sending sexual photos of themselves, and this would further escalate into sexual acts. Once they managed to get a hold of all these women's personal information, they would then hold that over them and force them to now record sexually explicit content of themselves. Some of these disturbing acts that they would tell them to carry out would include cutting their nipples, engaging in sexual acts, and carving names onto their skin with a knife, or permanently marking themselves with ink. Another scheme Gotga and others would regularly use were fake job ads, usually claiming to be high-paying and part-time. I bet we've all seen one of those weird and shady ads online. And the thing is, if something sounds like it's too good to be true, as we've heard many, many times, it probably is. These ads would be posted online, mainly on sites like Twitter, of course, because it was full of young women that were really desperate to get a job, really desperate to get money. This obviously made them very easy targets. Once victims would reply to one of these shady ads, Gotgot would inform the applicant the position would be a sponsorship. So basically like paid companionship where she would be paid to spend time with somebody. So victims would be told they would receive a very healthy paycheck if they spent some time with an older man that just needed company. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else, of course. 
if they were into this idea, he would get victims to enter a chat on the Telegram app to talk further with him. Here he would explain that in order for them to be connected to the sponsor, they would have to send him a picture of their ID as well as their bank details. Giving this information to an employer is pretty standard as we all know, but these victims were not guaranteed an actual job. They just sent their IDs to someone they just met through an ad online. So obviously this is a very dangerous situation and didn't play out very well. Once Scott got received this personal information, he would then coerce them into sending inappropriate photos and victims would suddenly find themselves as digital slaves. In late 2019, Gogo and his accomplices created exclusive chat rooms on Telegram. So for those of us that have never heard of Telegram, let's get up to speed. It's actually an insanely popular instant messaging app with more than 100 million monthly active users. It's basically like WhatsApp, Snapchat and Facebook all fused into one. They boast of highly secure messaging offering secret chat features that allow messages to be heavily encrypted. If that wasn't enough, for those that like to stay incognito, there is also a self-destruct option, letting you send a message with a time self-destruct feature. So it really makes sense why the app attracts a lot of unsavory characters. Speaking of unsavory, Got Got and another accomplice that went by the nickname of Baskar realized they could create a very lucrative business via Telegram. With the plethora of sexual exploitation images and videos that they had collected from victims, they began to share these out on the newly created chat rooms, now charging an entry fee for users that wanted to view the content. So Telegram was going to be their shop, I guess, and it was going to be the way that they were going to get money from all these horny guys. The nth chat rooms were numbered first, second, third, and so on, according to the price of entry and the content shared in the chat. Some users would pay up to $1,500 in real money just to enter these rooms. And get this, it's been estimated that up to 260,000, 260,000 people in total have entered nth room chats to view the explicit content. That is an extremely high number and extremely alarming to know 260,000 individuals were willing to pay to enter a room to view very illegal content. And all those people are very dangerous. I hope to never bump into any of them. And I'm not even exaggerating about that because, for example, if somebody pays to enter a very shady chat room to view some very shady images and you know about it, what would you think? What would you do? Would you even still speak to that person? I know I wouldn't. So I'm sure many of you are wondering why so many people paid to view this content when porn is actually available and free online. The sad thing is, porn is actually banned. It's illegal in South Korea. The South Korean government often blocks foreign websites containing pornography and shuts down those operating within South Korea. South Korean law punishes those who distribute, sell, or display pornography on the internet with up to a one-year sentence in prison. But there isn't any punishment for watching or possessing cyberporn, which I think was a huge blind spot and makes no sense whatsoever. With this full-on ban of internet porn, individuals like Baskar and Gokgo 
obviously saw some sort of opportunity to make some quick cash from sexually frustrated men. And clearly there are a lot of them about. Unfortunately, the dark content in the nth room chats were all sexual exploitation, forcing young women and minors to record themselves whilst engaging in distressing acts, including victims drinking from toilet bowls, urinating on themselves and actually being raped. In July of 2019, an unnamed victim reported her horrific abuse through the nth room to the police. Law enforcement subsequently told her she could not report this as she agreed and recorded herself. Yeah, I know, right? Her report was then left to collect dust as various departments passed it on to each other. As law enforcement continued to turn a blind eye, chat room admins like Baskar grew in confidence, obviously. In his eyes, his system was now rock solid. For any new users that wanted to enter the infamous chats, they were now required to take a picture holding their ID and all payments were made in cryptocurrency to ensure no paper trail. At least 2,000 images of women of all ages, including minors, were shared and distributed in these rooms, the content of which still linger online today. According to info from South Korean media, on March of 2020, Basco was caught by law enforcement. He was one of the main admins of the chat rooms. One of his little jobs was classifying all the illegal content they shared into different categories, making it easier for the sickos to find what they wanted. He was about 25 at the time of his arrest and was a former reporter at his university. In October of 2020, Gotgot, 24, was also caught by law enforcement. The Daegu District Court sentenced him on the account of committing numerous crimes against countless victims for personal satisfaction. Gotgot distributed a total of 3,762 videos through the nth rooms, which operated from February 2019. It is estimated Gotgot has exploited over 70 underage victims and produced sexually explicit videos from the content they had sent him, blackmailing them with threats to send the videos to their parents. It's clear that these individuals were very young because this guy was literally threatening to tell their parents and that was what was stopping them from coming forward about what was going on with them. They were real life scared about their parents finding out not that this sicko is actually fucked up. Enthroom operator Gotgol was also sentenced for life imprisonment for his crimes. Earlier in June of 2020, Gotgol's longtime accomplice, Ansung Jing, 25, was detained by police. When questioned on his motivation to commit such crimes, his response was, I think I'm addicted to porn. And honestly, I'm not surprised by him saying this at all. There is a big issue here. Things aren't ever that black and white and there's so many shades of grey and so many factors that also come into play. But when a society cares about their people, they will, they will try and tackle these issues head on and try and address it. There have been no further details on actual criminal charges against these men, nor have they been officially charged. Korea's law is very lenient on punishment for crimes relating to online sex, which makes absolutely no sense, but okay. Currently, you can do more jail time for smoking weed in South Korea than being an actual sex offender. But a lot of countries are starting to look at drugs differently, including weed that I wouldn't even consider a drug personally. It is just a plant and it minds its own business. Everybody else seems to have the problem with weed, but 
A lot of countries are decriminalizing weed. Nobody should ever be in jail for smoking weed. Despite this, there is a push for stronger consequences. So perpetrators labeled as sex offenders are punished accordingly. And people are working hard for that and constantly protesting. There is some twists and turns in this story also. And there has been a lot of speculation. Not everything is black and white, but things did get a bit juicy. There have been several online allegations stating that 149 government employees and four police officers were discovered to be part of the infamous Nth Room user list, as well as some powerful Korean figures. Out of those 260,000 sickos that were entering the chats and paying money to enter, there is some speculation and suspicion that among these people are some very well-known, influential, powerful and rich people and the reason that these names have not been released is to protect said people. Online sleuths speculate this may be why the documented list of paying users has not yet been released. But the good South Korean people are not going to give up. Over 1.5 million people have signed a petition to the government of South Korea asking that the identities of the users in the chat rooms also be revealed. You can't ignore 1.5 million people I am very interested to see where that goes and if the names do get revealed and who they are exactly because it's clear to see that somebody has been paid off or some sort of backdoor deal has gone on. I honestly do believe that South Korea making porn illegal is super harsh and you can see how that's reflected on society and the type of crimes are being committed. Usually within societies, no matter what part of the world we are in, Certain societal norms, attitudes and actions show the mindset of a country does dictate the way people behave. Traditional mindset doesn't really have a room in today's society. And I think we need to be a bit more lenient and change things around a bit more. And that's for all traditional societies everywhere. It's not just South Korea. Stepping back from those very archaic and aggressive views of how to treat women and how women should conduct themselves and all these expectations. Shame culture, it teaches people to hide things. It teaches them that whatever they feel or whatever they want to do is wrong. Everything that doesn't go with the tradition is inherently wrong and they are bad and filthy and dirty for it. South Korea, let people watch porn. I hope you enjoyed that episode and if you are into the morbid, strange and curious, I'll see you next time. Stay safe, guys. For real.